So guys, we, just a reminder, we're going through the series, um, and I know it can be a little confusing that, you know, we're kind of, we're jumping in and out of Abide, okay? Uh, and, and again, the, the point is that as we talk about being activated in the things of God and the things of the Spirit, if we're not abiding, if we're not tied into the vine, if we're not tied into Jesus, um, well, then Jesus says we can actually bear no fruit, and even the good that we think we're doing isn't actually going to be fruitful. Um, and so, we, the, and these things are actually going to get closer and closer together, okay? So the next few times that I preach on abiding, we're going to be going, to be going through some more meaty things. You know, we, we're going to be talking tonight about surrender, uh, and then I'm going to be talking about obedience, because that's just a part of John 15, and we can't ignore it forever. Um, and then we're going to talk about joy, but we're also going to talk about the fruit, you know, that the vine produces, and what that looks like. Um, and, you know, I've, I've preached on the fruit of the Spirit and, you know, the, uh, on miracles and things for, for years. And, and going through the series on Abide, I'm starting to see things differently. And it's, it's amazing. So hopefully that'll be true for all of us. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, so tonight, um, talking about surrender. Um, and... Um, This is not a sermon that I've been looking forward to doing. Um, and that's, you know, um, we, we like to have this habit that we, that we preach from things that we, that we, we I don't want to say we've got right, but at least we feel like we've got some authority in. You know, we've been walking in them for a while. But, you know, s- surrender is like preaching on humility. You know, it's just tricky. Like, I've really got this down, guys. I'm so surrendered. I guarantee you, if I say that seriously, God will nail me tomorrow, and it'll be really unpleasant. I'm not going to say it. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's a real deep... Um, I think there's a real deep truth about surrender that... And I, and I think it's similar to humility, that, that the closer we get to Jesus, and actually the more we abide in Him, the more we see the parts of us that aren't surrendered. And even if they are smaller, I think they hurt us even more. We see them more clearly for what they are. And so I don't, I don't know that I can ever say well, that I will have surrendered fully. I don't think so. Um, but I've, but I, I've, I've started to see again and afresh the, the joy of encountering him in surrender. And that's, um, and that's drawing me into more. Um, but you know this. <laughs> I have I have a book called Absolute Surrender, and it's only about forty pages long. It's a mini book, and it's been sitting next to my chair in the lounge, unopened, for a month. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had a scary cat that the dogs are scared of. Anyone? I've always, I've, yeah, cats had beat up dogs. It's hilarious because the cat will sit in the middle of the room and the dog will like, you know. And that was like me with this book. I'd look at it and I'm like, I just can't read you right now. I just, it just, it's going to hurt me. Um, it's going to, it's going to push things and, I, and, I, and, it's, and it's been hard. And so I've been, I've been really excited about the sermon, but I've also been really scared of it as well. Um, and 
and those things that I've said already are important, you know, in terms of, of wanting to sort of be down this road, um, wanting to have a deeper understanding of it. But, um, but the, the, more, the more that I, I look at this, um, see, I, you know, I can give you, and I'm going to give you some scripture, obviously, that's important, but, you know, I could give you a good theological reason why you should surrender. Um, I, can, I, can, I can stick it up there in your head and hope... Um, that you will think through it, and maybe something will, will come of it. But I'm, but I'm not, I'm not choosing to pursue surrender um, because of, of of just words that I'm reading. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to surrender more. I'm, I'm choosing surrender because I, I, because I'm meeting him. And, and this, this, and this is a challenge to preach, because I, I have no ability. I have no ability to, to, to make you meet him. Um, but I do trust him to do that. I do trust him to do that. Because he promises that he will. Um, this, this Lord of ours who loves us so deeply... It's one that we surrendered to. <laughs> I told my wife I wasn't going to cry tonight. I'm going to try not to. Um, so, Philippians 3, 8 and 9 says this. Indeed, again, these are words we know well. But let's listen to them with fresh ears. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake... I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Some translations, instead of rubbish, um, use the word dung. The King James says dung, and a couple of other versions use dung. Um, the a literal translation, it would be those things that you're willing to throw out to the dogs because they're, they're meaningless and worthless to you. The dogs can have them. And you know, this, the kingdom, the king that we worship and the kingdom that he established is obviously different to ours and it's established on, it's established on sacrifice and it's established on, some, on a really strange economy. Jesus tells us the parable of the man who gave up everything to buy a field where he knew that he had this pearl of great value. Jesus promised us that we, we would be rewarded a hundred times over for anything that we give up. Jesus also tells us that those who would be first must be last. Those who would like to lead must serve. His economy is strange. He tells us to love those who hate us. That's a challenge in today's world, isn't it? His economy is strange. We surrender, we give up in order to get. We give up in order to get and... And we have, you know, Jesus obviously provides the model for us. 
And again, I'm, nothing I'm going to say tonight is new to you guys, okay? I'm just, I'm just saying some things that, that I hope are going to um, shed some light and some truth. But Jesus sets the model for us. He gave up everything. We know this. He gave up his divinity. He gave up his throne. He gave up intimacy with the Father. He gave up his glory. He gave up the worship on the throne. And he sacrificed himself for us, the greatest surrender. And he does it for the prize that was offered for him. And part of that prize is us, that we become this treasure that he surrenders all for. And so when he asks us to surrender, we, you know, we, um, we have him as our model. And, and so part of it is saying, yeah, you've surrendered for us, Lord. You've sacrificed everything. How can we not also surrender all for you? But that, I mean, that's, that's important, but that's, that's just a part of it. The, 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 the main thing is that, that we're responding to the love that he's already shown us. That he's not asking us anymore just to respond to a law, to abide by the law. That maybe you'll get into heaven if you abide by the law and the priests do the rituals. He's asking us to surrender to love. Surrender to him. Him. And one of the questions that I, I felt him asking tonight, and this may just be one, one or two people, um, but, I felt, but I felt him asking, maybe it was just for me, um, do we trust his intentions towards us? Do we, do we trust his intentions when he says surrender all, give up everything? Do we trust him? Or do we say, no, Lord, I'm not, not sure I can, I need some control, or I've been hurt in the past, and I don't want to be hurt again. Or do we continue to rebel and think, well, there's just these things I can't let go of. I'm going to lose something that's too important. But will we, will we trust his intention towards us? Will we trust him that he wants to bring us alive? And I'll say a bit more on that later. Um, a few months ago, I did give a sermon on surrendering to love. Okay. Um, some of you may remember that. I actually, I deliberately didn't open up that sermon. I can't even remember everything I said in it. But I go into a lot more detail on that idea that Jesus doesn't call us to obedience first. He calls us to fall in love with him. And then the obedience flows from that, okay? And I'm going to come back to that again when I talk about obedience. But if you want to think more through this idea of surrendering to love, then please listen to that sermon. So what must we surrender? <laughs> Man, there's like seven sermons in one question. Um, and the truth is that it's different for everyone, what we have to surrender. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to give three or four really obvious things. So forgive me for stating the obvious. But we have to start somewhere. Okay, and the first obvious one is we have to surrender our sin. We have to be willing to surrender our sin. Now, a lot of us will sin occasionally. <laughs> you know, maybe less than others. Matt is close to perfection, obviously, yes. Um, some of us have habitual sins that we struggle to break. 
You know, in other times we've talked about strongholds, and that there are, there are ways that sin can be so, can have such power in our lives that it's a place where the enemy has got territory, okay? And it's hard to break those things yourself. Jesus can quite happily break them, and he can, but often he asks us to come and get prayer and seek him together with your brothers and sisters. So if you're in that place, then you know, please come to the front and get prayer, or grab your friends and pray. But we have to surrender our sin. And the fact is, our lives are full of opportunities every day where we can choose him or choose our way. And sometimes that's neutral. Sometimes. But often it's not. But will we surrender our sin? That one's pretty obvious, isn't it? The second one is, um, will we surrender the things about us that are good, our gifts and our talents? These are good things. These are part of our identity, part of the way that the Lord has made us. But they can also easily become idols in our lives. They can become things that distract us from what God is calling us to. You know, I could, if we think of a talented preacher who preaches not to exclaim God's truth, but to get the praise of man, or a worship leader who likes to perform, but not to worship. Any gift, and I use those two because those are the ones that we see in the church, but any gift, any talent is able to be warped by our own flesh, and our own ideas for glory, our own ideas for fame, our own ideas for the praise of man. And so sometimes we, just have, we have to take those things. Some of it, it might actually be intelligence. And we take that to the Father and say, Lord, thank you for these gifts that you've given me, these talents you've given me, but I surrender them to you. I don't want them unless they are redeemed by you. And we surrender them, knowing that he will give them back to us because it's part of how he made us. But we take them back redeemed. And we take them back with the expectation that our surrender will enable us to operate in them in a more holy way, in a way that honors him and brings life. The third thing, again, obvious. I'm probably going to say this week in and week out. But we have to surrender our time. We have to, guys. Um, but again, this is not like a law thing, and, 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 I, and I don't want it to sound like that. But discipline is important, don't get me wrong. You know, setting aside a time to meet with God, to seek Him, that is biblical and that is good. But I'm not setting this as a religious duty. But if we are to abide in the vine and we are to experience that, that life of Jesus and His Spirit flowing through us, if we want to hear His voice, if we want to throw our prayers into the conversation that Jesus and the Father are having and to be heard, then it's good to, just to, to go to the feet of our Father and to say, Lord, for the next five minutes or 30 seconds or hour, whatever it is, I am attentive to you. What do you have to say to me? I'm listening. And even if he doesn't say a thing, he will honor your surrender of time. And fourthly, we have to surrender our fear and our distrust. 
of giving him everything. And especially for those who have been hurt before by the church, who have felt that God has let them down. We need to surrender that. And I'm not saying that's necessarily easy. Again, if it's something that is hard, come and get prayer. But particularly, particularly give up the fear that God for some reason is, reason is not going to accept you. Or that somehow the master gardener is not going to be able to graft you to the vine. He's the gardener. He will make sure that you abide. So those, those are just four general things. But then, um, sorry, particular things, but, but more generally, um, a little bit like we talk with, with strongholds when, we, when we, 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 can, we can have an experience, we can encounter someone or be in a situation where we don't respond with the fruit of the Spirit or with the grace of God. You know, something ugly comes out of us. Or we just lose our peace. That's a really good sign that there's a part of us that's not surrendered. I was involved in some conversations. I was actually really looking forward to doing the sermon on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I had, a, uh, I had an experience which really um, messed me up a bit. Um, and I was hoping it would be one of those things I could just go to the Father and say, yeah, that's it, sorted out, boom, nothing. Yeah, this morning I'm still praying, Lord, I don't want to preach unless you've told me what's going on here. And it, and it was just a classic thing that I've wrestled with before. You know, and you just said, will you surrender? And I've said this before in a sermon, will you surrender your desire to be liked by man? And it's slightly different to fear of man. It's similar, obviously, but will you just, will you surrender that? Surrender the need to get praise from men. You only need to have it from me. And that was quite a big thing. <laughs> but think about times when you lose your peace. Something happens and you lose your peace. Take it to God. Say, Lord, what's going on here? Is there something in me that still needs to be surrendered? Because your life is not flowing through this part of me. Your truth is not flowing through this part of me. And you'll see it in your comforts <laughs> as well. Those times where you turn to eat something nice because you just really irritated. The chocolate chip cookies that my kids cooked this weekend. I resisted those. But yesterday, no. You know, when, you, when we're stressed and we turn, turn to Netflix rather than to God. Um, these are small things. But they can show us places where we've got just a part of our heart to surrender. So think about where you lose your peace. <laughs> there's, um, uh, there's something that Bill Johnson says, which I, which I like. Um, it, it, it can be the, there can be this kind of false humility in the church where we say, you know, I'm a sinner, and, and, and I, I'm, which is true. You know, um, you know, I'm nothing before God, which is true. Um, but, you know, sometimes Christians, we can, we can focus on all the things that we get wrong, and we lose sight of actually the promise that Jesus gives us, that we are redeemed, that we are made sons and daughters, that we have access to the, the, the throne of God. Um, so Bill doesn't like that line, you know, we make ourselves less so God can, can become more, because too many Christians get in the less and never get out of there. <laughs> they never actually get the more of God, and they just stay in that less, you know. Um, and that's not, not what I'm talking about with surrender. 
Because surrender, there is a giving up. There is a giving up of everything. That we can get more of Jesus. And in getting more of Jesus, we are only going to become more of the true self that he made us to be. And so as we empty, we have more space for him to fill. I mentioned that I've been really enjoying Andrew Murray's um, books when I preached last. And this is one of the lines that I really like. It is only into the empty soul that the streams of living water flow. Ever thirsting is the secret of never thirsting. Romans 12, Paul says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. This is truly the way to worship. Laying ourselves on an altar is a kind of uncomfortable picture. Um, our flesh doesn't want to be sacrificed. The world tells us we don't need to sacrifice. We don't need to surrender. And I, d I don't know how you guys respond to this sort of language. As I said, I've wrestled with this. I've only just started reading that surrender book. I've avoided it for weeks because it scares me. What is he going to ask me to give up? Where am I going to, where, am I, where is he going to reveal that I've still got issues to work through? But, I, but I, it's so easy to get into that mindset that I have to be right before I surrender. You know, that I've got to get the law right or something right before I can actually surrender, before I can get grafted in. But again, that's a distortion. Right? We abide and then we encounter him. And in encountering him, we surrender. We are surrendering to love. We are surrendering to love. And so, some of us might have tried to surrender in the past and, and feel like we failed. We've had these sort of mountain experiences with God, and then we back in the valley again, six months later or a month later, we're sinning again or whatever. But I want us to try, I want us to try as a church body, as a family, I want us to try again. And for those of us who are actually living pretty, you know, surrendered lives, I want you to go deeper. I want you to give permission to God to go as deep as he can. If you have the courage to ask that. Maybe don't. <laughs> go a little deeper, Lord. Um, but everyone can go deeper with him. And this, this time when we surrender, let's, let's do it with a crazy expectancy that he is here and he wants more. Yeah. Like he's hungry for more of us. And we're going to seek him, and we are going to, we're going to ask him for more. But he is also hungry for us. And that, you know, that classic lie, that classic lie, well, if I surrender everything, you know, what's left? Um, I had a friend who became a Christian in his 20s, and he, and he, he was a he was really great guy. And maybe you've had these conversations, but you would come to me and say, like, I love God and it's going so well, but do I, like, I can't date any girls? Like, I have, like, what does it mean to date now? And can I go, I can't get drunk anymore? You know, and he was still wrestling with these things from his old life. But then the more that he started to encounter Jesus, it's funny how those conversations dried up. 
And I, and, and I think, and that's why I said, like, I don't want this to just be a head thing, because we love Jesus, obviously, I mean, I hope, um, that if I ask you that, you say, well, yeah, of course. But, but do, we, do, we, do, we, do, we, do we love him because we know him and because we've seen him and because we've started to taste of, of the nature of the kingdom that he gives us? And that, that, the, you know, that idea about, you know, what do I have to give up? Yeah, it's, it's such a pathetic lie. How many of us would trade everything to have the peace of Jesus in our hearts? True peace. How much would we give up to know that love? To truly know the love that will forgive everything that you will ever do. Everything. To truly know that love that died for you as an individual, that gave up everything to die, to actually know that love, what would we pay? What would we pay to know that? What would we pay to hear his voice? Clearly. And to talk to him face to face like Jesus did. And like Moses did. We don't always have to turn to Jesus like Moses did. What would we pay? And when we think of those things, does it start to make the things that we struggle to surrender, does it, do they start to look like dung? Because that's, you know, the thing with Paul's list, when, he's, when, he, you know, he, when he says these things are like dung, dung, he hasn't talked about all the sins he's been committing. He's talk, he talked about the things that have set him at the top of the religious and social hierarchy. A Pharisee, a man who knows God's law, a faithful man, a righteous man. They are done. The best he could have done is done in comparison to knowing Jesus. So, in Philippians, Philippians 2.13, Paul writes, it is God who works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He is the gardener. He is the one that wants to graft us in. He is the one that takes our surrender and joins us to Jesus. We don't come to abiding with surrender sorted, with surrender complete. We come to abiding simply saying, Jesus, I surrender. And then, however imperfect that is, however unabsolute that is, we trust the Father and Jesus through the Holy Spirit to take us to the absolute. He can walk us down that road. He can show us the next thing. He can reveal the glory of Christ that draws us into more. But the one thing he asks of us is, will we just first say, I surrender? God will never ask us to do what we cannot achieve or what he cannot give us. So when we ask, ask with hope. Ask for more. Ask for deeper abiding. And be willing to 
surrender. And I know it's a brief little pull out from John 15, but I haven't read any of John 15, so I have to read at least a tiny portion. But one of my favorites, Jesus saying to his disciples, you didn't choose me. I chose you. He chose you. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to say, we surrender. So I want to pray now. Um, and then Matt, you can listen and see if there's anything else the Lord wants to do. Um, I'm going to pray something. And then I just, I want, I want us to listen. I want us to listen and just give the Holy Spirit space to speak into our lives. Okay. Just, you know, and, and maybe he'll, he'll show you something that he wants you to surrender. But that's not really the focus. What, really what I want you to do is just listen to him. Listen for him. Listen for his voice. And then say, just tell him. Tell him if you're willing to surrender. And if you are, tell him that. Lord, I surrender. It's a yes, Jesus. And then if he, you know, gives you anything to do, then be obedient. But that's the subject of next sermon. <laughs> so let's pray. I think one of the things, just as we enter prayer, I wanted to say this. One of the things about these books by Andrew Murray that has been striking me so powerfully is that he actually believes Scripture. And I don't want that to sound heretical or stupid, but there's some things that Jesus says which are just so incredibly beautiful. And the promise in them is so deep and wonderful that we struggle to believe that it could be true. But we must. When Jesus called us to abide, he said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love, even as I abide in my Father's love. And the more that I've read John 15, the more that I'm starting to take Jesus literally there. That the abiding that he experiences in the Father is the same abiding that he is offering us. Abide isn't the commonality. The love is the commonality. And there's a depth of love if we will be willing to start to grasp it. Just as he promises later in John 17 that we can abide in him in the same way that he abides in the Father. And we can abide in his love. And let your heart start to come alive with the possibilities of that promise. Imagine knowing Jesus the way that he knows the Father. Imagine experiencing the love of Jesus in the same way that Jesus experiences the love of the Father. Let that excite us. Let, us, let, that, let that pull us into surrender.
So Jesus, Lord, I know you can do all things, and and there may be even people in this room now during this week who you will meet powerfully, and just huge parts of our lives will be surrendered in a moment of meeting you and of seeing you and of experiencing your love. Lord, for some of us, it just has to start with a moment of saying yes to you. However imperfectly, but saying yes. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just move now, move through this room. Speak to your children. Whether you speak to us, whether you just move in our hearts. Draw us, Lord, draw us into surrender. And Lord, if necessary, show us, show us the next step. What, what would you have us do? But Lord, I want our doing to only be in response to love, to knowing you deep. So come, Lord. We're going to transition to the ministry phase. Um, before we do that, I just felt like the Lord was just bringing up the scripture where he, he talks about, he says, he who loses his life for my sake will gain it. The man who seeks to gain his life will lose it. And um, just that, you know, as we're, as we're surrendering, we're, we're surrendering unto something. We're not surrendering just unto a life of, you know, getting crushed, 
by the Lord just because he says so. We're surrendering because we love him, because we want to receive him. And the degree that we let go of our own lives is the degree that we can receive more of the Lord's presence and power and love. And, um, and that's what he's trying to lead us into when he convicts us and rebukes us in the areas of our life. Um, so let, let that hammer of conviction fall and hit you square without trying to dodge it, you know, glance it off. That's good. Sorry, one more thing to pray. Guys, this is coming to a corporate prayer. Um, just, just, just to close off, I just thought that, um, that we're going to, I'm just going to lead us, but I just want you to agree that, um, Lord Jesus, we, we surrender to you and we give our lives to you and we want more of you. We want more of you, Lord. And we, we, we know, Jesus, that if we have more of you, that you, you will flow through us and you will bless those around us. But Lord, we, we, we pray that as individuals, but we pray that also as a body. We pray it as a family. Lord, this, let this be a place of surrender. Lord, that we as a body will receive more of you. That we will receive more of your presence in this place. And we will receive more, Lord, just more encounters of your love. Be manifest here, Jesus. Lord, that whether one of us comes into this building or whether a stranger walks through the door, they will meet you. They will meet you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, Sorry, one last thing, guys. Um, this is something I've been encountering, um, and maybe some of you will encounter this as you press into this idea of surrender. Um, I love hearing God's voice. Most of the times that I've been encountering Him, I've just, like I said, I've just been crying a lot. And I ask the Lord, like, What's, what are you doing? And He's like, it's done. Like, it's, I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and something changes. And I don't know what it is, frankly. But something changes. And so, yeah, let him meet you however he wants to. Whatever that looks like. You might be weeping. You might start dancing around in joy. Just meet him. God bless you guys.